Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome to Pre-Service, a podcast all about preparing you for worship here at Silverdale Baptist Church. My name is Michael, and I'm with my friend Kevin, and we are glad to be here with you today. Yes, we are. It's a good good time for us. So thank you for joining us, whether you're listening online, whether you're watching. We appreciate you being here. Kevin just shared something with me a minute ago, and I feel like we need to get this out there before we get started. You really don't drink any caffeine? I don't typically. I do occasionally have like a Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar, but typically uh, in any given day, in any given week, no. I drink water um, all the time. You know, I mean, so... Keep in mind, it's all medical, right? They, <laughs> I, they told me I had to change my diet, and so... I appreciate that. I, I, can, that. I, I, I appreciate where you're coming from. But, you know, I just feel like there's... So, I like, I'm probably coming from a place today where I've had too much caffeine. Um, you know, but where where the sheet is lowering before Peter and God says, don't call anything unclean oh, that I've oh, called clean. I totally agree. You know, I'm taking advantage of that scripture, brother. I'm telling you, I'm probably I, abusing I it at this point. But, but. <laughs> but see, I, I use that with peeps. I peeps. peeps. Yeah, that's, that's now see. Now and, that's, and I'll tell you what I do. My wife, my wife doesn't like this. I love her to death. She doesn't like moon pies. I don't like a whole lot of chocolate. I will occasionally like a chocolate and marshmallow in a moon pie. See, I just marshmallow. See, this is where you lose me. I just marshmallow. I'm, I'm I love to camp. I love Chocolate and I love graham crackers, but the the marshmallow ruins the s'more. Just doesn't do it for it you. It doesn't do it for me. And I know how you like a moon pie. You in know fact, how I like a moon. You pie. told me the other day that no, you you have to have one of these. I did. It was a need that day. <laughs> we, sometimes we'll sit down to a meal together, and if it happens to be at a a local southern establishment that well, actually they're all over the nation. They're I everywhere guess. now. They're everywhere now. Uh, Cracker Barrel. Um, you know, I may grab a small box of moon pies and uh, and just nurse those over the next week. Just here's one and I'm ready to go. That's <laughs> I'm, you know, you know the, what the happened doctor to the told one? me sugar, sugar is sugar to me. He's like your body, all of it's poison. The, the one, the one you gave me, my, my son ate. Absolutely. So I'm happy thank you. I, I, I kind of am too. I, I love Nathan. Tell him, <laughs> tell him God bless him. I'm glad he enjoyed it. I'll get him another one next time. There I'm you go. One. There you go. Well, we're in Hebrews. Our pastors are preaching through the book of Hebrews here at Silverdale. And we are, con- we just concluded the first little mini series in the book of Hebrews called Jesus is Better. And this weekend we're beginning a new series called All In. Super excited about this. We're, we're continuing on in uh, chapter five. We're going to touch on the beginning of chapter six as we, as we do every week with this podcast, our desire is to help prepare you for worship. And so we as a church, we talk a lot about the SOAP, Bible study methods, scripture, mm-hmm. observation, application, and prayer. So it's an acronym, S-O-A-P. And in this project specifically, we, 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 we try to tackle some of the first part of that. So we take yeah. a look at the scripture, read it a time or two, and then we make a lot of observations about it in an attempt, again, to help prepare you for worship. Now, this is only a partial 
preparation because there's some other yeah. things that we probably should be doing uh, through prayer right. and just, you know, if there are things Maybe going some on Maybe some discussion life, with people, mm-hmm. sharing some things that, you know, there, there are pieces to this process. And especially with this week, as we transition out of the Jesus is Better section into All In, this passage has a pretty significant change to it. It does. Yeah. And it so does. we're we're going to look into that tonight. That's you know, and, and as we begin that, um, you know, I was reminded earlier as as I was preparing for this that, you know, it says, I think it's in 2 Timothy 3, mm-hmm. that says all scripture is profitable yes. for instruction, for instruction, correction, rebuke. Yes. So that we can what? So that we can, paraphrase, grow up in the faith. Yes. Um, all scripture is profitable but not all scripture is easy to no, process. No, there, there are sections of scripture that are challenging and they should be. God is bigger than we are. He's different than we are. He is holy in his nature. He's perfect. He's worthy of worship. And we are his creation made to be in holy relationship with him, but we've rebelled, right? I don't No, I want to do what I think I want to do, Lord. And we've rebelled in sin and he's redeeming us. He's redeemed us, personally, and he is redeeming humanity to himself. But in that, some of the things we learn about God, some of the characteristics of holiness and righteousness, when we encounter those, Michael, I find for me, there are places where that's challenging. God's a God of mercy. He's a God of love, no doubt. He He pours his grace over us. And yet there still are sections of scripture when I read them and I see part of the quality of God, part of his nature, it's challenging. You know, and I think it's been a challenge that people have faced through the centuries. I think back to a conversation we had as a family uh, talking about a previous section of Hebrews. And my son, Nathan, he made the comment. He said it reminded him, you know, what we were talking about at that point, reminded him of, you know, back in Thomas Jefferson's day when he took a Bible and he cut the parts of the Bible out of it that he didn't like, that he didn't think were of God. And we talk a lot about that point in history, that act Mm -hmm. in history, but the reality is that type of thing still happens today. Many times, um, if we're not careful, we'll go to scripture and we'll look at it and we'll read it and we're like, that can't be what God means. That can't be what God has for me. That that can't be true. Um, I don't know exactly where Tony's going to go with this passage this weekend. I'm looking forward to hearing it. I, I am that. too. I am too, because the Bible tells us that it will be profitable yes. for us. Yes. And, and, and just maybe, just maybe there might be a little rebuke in it. Maybe not. I don't know, but either way. Certainly a challenge. Yeah. Certainly a challenge. Certainly a challenge to us. When the Lord, when the Lord calls us to holiness and righteousness, you know, he says, putting to death our flesh, right? We, we put our flesh to death. We remind ourselves that our bodies are dead. They're, they're not the thing that drives us. It is the, the spirit of God in us that makes us alive and able to do things. It's our connection with Christ and his power in us. There is a step in that, that I've got to seek him. I've got to take hold of that. And I've got to make decisions to live based on that power. And sometimes I think here is one of those places where, you know, for me, I I find places where, or have found, where I get to a place and and I read a passage and it's challenging. And I think I'm going to come back to that. The important part is that we get back into that and we read it. So if you find it challenging tonight, okay, listen, 
read it, take some time, come back to it. But prepare yourself for this Sunday so that if this is one of those passages that you find challenging, you have an opportunity to let the Lord work on your heart, soften your heart, put yourself in front of Him. And and much like the man said, you know, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. If you find that you struggle with this passage, tell the Lord honestly where your heart is and talk to Him and beg Him to open your heart up to hear the message on Sunday. Yeah. You want to you wanna read at least the first part of this? We're looking at Hebrews 5, beginning in verse 11. We're going to go through chapter 6, verse 3. Yeah. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So at the beginning of that passage, it says, about this we have much to say. So so the author here, the author here, I, I laugh because I almost said Paul. <laughs> I, I know. It, it's kind but, of ingrained we'll back in there. we'll have that discussion there. or something, yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was Paul that wrote I this. Some people might believe that. And maybe Either Paul way, did write this. If doesn't matter. that's the case, then I'll find out in heaven. But whoever wrote this, he had more to say about what he just said. If you go back and take a look at the last Verse part, 10? Yeah, of, of 10 and, and maybe even going back to 7 and before, uh, you know, 10, I'll just read that. Um, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So I feel like the That's author the would have liked to have spoken a little bit more here about Jesus being our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. It seems like there is a very interesting piece about that. And, and I'm with you. I think that makes sense that that's what he's wanting to say. Boy, yeah. there's some more interesting but stuff. But unfortunately, the author says that the people then, and, and really, if if I'm not careful myself as well, yeah. since you have become dull of hearing, he he, he he's not going to say anymore. Yeah, it'd be hard, hard for him to explain yeah. it. They, they are dull of hearing. And I think this is practical for us today because... You know, Jesus said many times, he who has ears, let him hear, right? And mm-hmm. and the implication is you can hear without listening. We saw that earlier, I think, uh, back in verse five, or chapter 5, where there was a difference in the ones who listened and the ones who heard. Right. Some people listened and some people heard. And the distinguishing factor was the faith, right? They, they were lacking the faith if they just heard it, but they weren't listening to it. Um, and here we see these are believers They've already entered into a relationship, right? But even those who are believers have become dull of hearing. Yeah. And that that word, that phrase, dull of hearing, is interesting. It's the same word used over in chapter 6, verse 12, which is a little, a little ahead of where we are today. Um, but I do want to take a look at that quickly. It says, so that you may not be sluggish. So that word sluggish there is actually in the original language, the same word in the Greek as dull. So dull, sluggish, lazy, slothful, slothful, all of those words. I really like that word slothful. When I was in Peru, 
a couple of years ago, I, I had the opportunity to, to hold sloths. Mm-hmm. And when I read that this was what that word meant, I thought, I get that. I get that. <laughs> Uh, not not fast moving active creatures. They are not. Said. They are not. So what the people uh, in in the in in Peru will do uh, out in the Amazon is they will go out into the jungle and and capture sloths to bring back to their children. And you see these children in these villages walking around carrying these these little girls like they're their American girl doll or something like oh, that. Oh wow! They have a sloth on their hip and a piece of fruit in their hand or something that they're chewing on. And the sloth is just kind of happy to go wherever the person goes and just really doesn't pay much mind to much of anything. Doesn't take much ownership of its life, I guess. No, not really. And it makes sense, right? That this word would be the same word here, this whole dull of hearing, sluggish, slothful thing. Oh, well, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think that is, you know, as we move into verse 12, we begin to get a picture of why that applies. Because he says here, you know, you should be, teachers, and yet you need someone to teach you again Mm -hmm. the basics. So the basic principles that God has shown, these oracles he's given, and then he equates it from from that animal, that slothful idea into a baby and milk, right? So you need milk, not solid food. And I think a lot of people probably are familiar with this analogy that comes out of this passage. Um, we, we talk about the milk, the milk and the meat, right? That mm-hmm. that's something that's that's kind of churchy. You know, we we do say that, but the reality is, if you're not prepared, if you haven't taken hold of and taken ownership of responding, if you haven't put into action the things the Lord's shown you, then that growth can be slowed down. Mm-hmm. It, it can be sluggish. You know, a lack of response, a slow response to the Lord, I think, is what leads into this piece. Yeah. So I, as I read this, I have to just consider my own life. Lord, where am I being sluggish? Where am I being dull of hearing? What areas of your truth, of your Bible, am I ignoring? Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as I think about preparing my heart for worship this week, and these are the kind of questions I'm asking myself, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want to grow in my faith. I want my family to mature in their faith. What's going on in their lives that's hindering them from hearing from you and and growing in their faith as you desire them to? What sin is there that's blocking us uh, yeah. from being in fellowship with the Lord? These are the questions that that run through my mind. And and I really want my heart and my children and my wife's heart and my friends, you and your family yeah. and others to, to just think, Lord, what am I missing? What am I doing? What am I not? Where am I not obeying? Where am I sluggish? Right. Where am I slothful? Why and where and how do I need to mature to grow up? You know, Michael, we've talked about in church, I've, I've heard this said sometimes, even here at Silverdale, putting your yes on the altar. And, and I think the principle that leads into that comes from this section of Scripture. The idea that when I come to the Lord and I seek the Lord, I bring a yes and I say, Lord, what you show me, I will do. And and it even harkens back to the rich young ruler who found Jesus and, and said, Lord, all these things I've done. And Jesus said, well, here's another thing you have to do. And the rich young ruler went away sad because he wasn't willing to do it. Right. I I think this is one of the places I think this is a a specific place that the Bible alludes to. If you don't come ready to respond to what the Lord shows you, then that passage up there in verse 11 about being dull or a sluggard. I think that begins to apply if we're if we're slow to respond to what the Lord shows us. I think that principle is built into these verses here. 
Yeah. And I think Tony's going to get into some very specific application for all of us um, that, that will be helpful for us to hear. And as, I, as, as we move on in the passage, the author actually gives us six different areas that he considers to be elementary doctrine of Christ, uh, which is what chapter 6, verse 1 says, therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. And then he gives us six different, and as I look at them, I see these in three pairs. I see the first pair talking about um, you know, the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. As I read that, uh, just in a very basic way, and there's more to it than this, but in a very basic way, I see those initial foundational truths, the ABCs of becoming a Christian. That makes sense. You know, many, many times, you know, people, they, they, they become Christians, they give their lives over to Christ, but they don't grow beyond that. Right. You know, and, and that, as a pastor, that really burdens my heart. That really concerns me. I mean, as I consider Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, uh, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. And then it talks about baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then right after that, it says, teaching, teaching them to observe. Right. So it's not just that we learn facts. It's we learn to live out the truths of, of God's word. That observation in, includes an element of practice. Yes. It, it, it's not just observe as in see the things that I've told you. It's observe as in see them in your own life in practice. Uh, you know, observe them, notice them, and react to them. And we never, we never like grow to where they're not important anymore, but no. we, we can grow beyond the fundamentals of yes. I just came to faith. And as I look at this, the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. And then there's another pair that right after that uh, it says the laying on of hands, uh, the resurrect, uh, what did the I say? The instructions about washings Thank and you. the laying on of hands. The instructions about yeah. washings and layings, laying on of hands and and just in in a brief explanation, Kevin, what when you read these, what are the, what is this getting at? So this gets into that level of service and the activity. So you may have submitted yourself in that cleanliness, that process around the washings, and then you want to do some service. So there may be a laying on of hands, an ordination, a commissioning of someone as a pastor, an, an elder, as a, a minister of the gospel. Um, there's an element here about church community, right? Mm -hmm. We we do that baptism, we do the laying on of hands as a community of believers, and it's about our interaction together. And so it's interesting that in this passage, that's linked to elementary behavior, right? Yeah. So you're a believer, and now you want to take on a mantle of leadership and responsibility inside a collection of believers that's an elementary process. That's a thing that, yes, you can do. You know, feel feel free to take on that mantle of responsibility, but there's more intimacy. There's something else here that's a level beyond that. Yeah, and then the last pair talks about future things. So when it talks about the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment, these are things that that are future um, and I, man, I tell you, especially in our Western world, some people just get really hung up on this and have a yes. hard time. Yes, we should understand. We should consider eschatology. We can, we should consider future things. We should not ignore those, but those are not things we should get hung up on. No, we need to be growing in every area of life, not just concerned about what's going to happen at the end times. And you know, Michael, sometimes this strikes me, um, with getting fixated on something and not doing the daily pieces I need to grow in my relationship and intimacy with the Lord, 
I think this is one of those places where to the degree that the Lord has shown us things, yes, read Daniel, read read Revelation. Yeah, absolutely. We we want to see what the Lord says about what's happening. Read, read Isaiah. It was prophetic, right? Right. We, we want to understand some of those passages to the degree that the Lord has made himself known in those passages. But beyond that, then we get into speculation. Mm-hmm. And that can be a dangerous place for us to be because if we start speculating on what certain things mean when the Lord hasn't given us any clear message, it can distract us from the things that the Lord has for us Um, to do. um, You know, we've talked about this. I've shared with you. It still amazes me that God chooses to work through his people, mm -hmm. right? He's a God who doesn't have to. He's a God who doesn't need anybody to come talk to him. He knows everything. He knows my heart better than I do. And yet he is, he enjoys using his people and working through his people. And I think sometimes I can take myself out of that position, getting fixated on something that I'm like, that's great. And it certainly is fantastic about mm-hmm. the Lord. It's a thing that when I get to eternity and I have a different body, I have a different mind, I have a, a greater capacity, I see my Lord face to face. I'll be able to enjoy and celebrate those things and the things that angels praise the Lord for now that I can't see because he's a spirit. I can't taste in the same way. I'll be able to enjoy at that point. And and right now, I can simply say, yes, Lord. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, I'm happy to be done with this body of flesh. I'm happy to be done with my sin. I'm looking forward to it, Lord. But right now, caring for people the way he cares for people, inviting people into a relationship with the Lord, realizing that they're not my enemy, that the one who is the accuser is the enemy and that I'm there to help reconcile that ministry of reconciliation. Those are important pieces. And I find I have at times been very distracted by different things that it's not that they're not important. They're just not for me to know today. Yeah. And these become, you know, as I consider all six of these together, these become friction points between believers. When I think about this whole phrase of uh, resurrection of the dead um, here, you know, you had the Sadducees who believed, one way, and you had the Pharisees that believed another way. One group said there is a resurrection. The other group said there is no resurrection. Ah, they just fought against each other. And, yeah. you know, we look at that and say, that's kind of silly. They were arguing over that. But I mean, you know, even as believers today, right. we we argue over the end time stuff. We argue over, you know, once saved, always saved. We argue over, yes. you know, uh, Calvinism versus Arminian. We, we as believers, I know we're not going to get into <laughs> any of these things. But, right? but you're right. But Those we, are things that we fixate on and they mm-hmm. cause lots of friction. Yeah. And that is in part what, what we are to move beyond as believers. And so, yeah, that's why, and we could talk a lot longer, but as our time wraps up, that's why we think this is a hard passage to process. It, it is it because it, it encourages you. It, it assumes for these believers that we know from historical, this passage historically says they had a problem. So the author is just flat out saying, you have a problem, right? To the readers of this passage, the people he wrote to. For us, we are responsible to examine our own lives in light of this passage and say, does this apply to me today? And it may not apply to me today. It may not be something for me to pick up and say, I might say, you know what? I'm not arguing over things. I'm really in a place, but I got to tell you, I'm a fickle human being. I know me. I've been with me for my whole life. And <laughs> sometimes I don't like me. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, but there are times where I can just flip a switch and I can go from seeking the Lord and desiring a righteous relationship on his terms to a place where 
you know, I'm distracted by something. And, and that's part of, you know, we've seen that we're to encourage each other as long as it's today, right? We're to be in community. We are to encourage each other and, and uh, bring each other back to what the fundamental parts of the word are. And then the Lord is going to give us further things so we can move beyond that elementary instruction. That's right. That's right. Well, we do hope that you will take time to read this and meditate on this, pray over this passage this week uh, as the week winds down and we're looking towards the weekend worship. And we hope that you'll be a part of one of our weekend services, whether it's Saturday night or on Sunday morning. We have a a number of options, one on Saturday night here at the Bonnie Oaks campus, and then on Sunday throughout the greater Chattanooga area, there are campuses and different service times. And, and if you don't live here locally, we even or you're not able to come in person locally, we even have online services, which I would love to join you in those. And so make sure you take some time to pray through this. And again, we do hope that you will be in church this weekend. Yeah. Spend some time with the Lord this weekend and enjoy Him. this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called the seven commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.